you love to eat as much as we do here on the Kevin and Taylor Show, you're going to love hearing the latest in the world, world of, of food. food. First, did you hear about Gatorade's newest, newest drink? Water. Yeah, it's called Gatorade water, and it's an electrolyte-infused, <laughs> unflavored water that's filtered with a seven-step filtration process mm. and has alkaline as well as enhanced pH levels. Second, Kev, you're an Arby's fan, so what do yeah. you think of this? They just introduced a new big game burger. Really? It features a blend of venison, elk, mm. and ground beef topped with crispy onions, pickles, Swiss cheese, and a dark cherry steak sauce on a toasted bun. Hold the pickles, I'm in. Uh, you you would like you, you like the game? I'll give Ooh. it a try. Why not? I don't know. That just I don't know why that freaks me out. And finally, in the world of food, did you hear they just came up with a perfect solution to jet lag? It's a big breakfast. Yes, okay. scientists who study certain circadian rhythms suggest that adhering to regular meal times in a new time zone can help recalibrate your internal body clock. Hmm. But I just think it's so gross when you're on an international flight and they flip on the lights and they serve you that undercooked English muffin with a round egg on it. Like, ugh. It's so, your body thinks it's 2 a.m. and it's just so yucky. Coming up in just a minute, how important is the role of grandparents? Hey, what do you call your grandparents? Granddad, papa, papa, granddaddy, pop, pop, nana, granny, grammy, abuela, oma, lola, nona, <laughs> gran. My oldest niece, Ariel, started calling my mom grammy and my dad papa, and it stuck for hmm. all 10 grandkids. And it's funny, now I end up calling, uh, we all called my dad papa, mm-hmm. and we all call my mom grammy. Hmm. It's just such a quick way to distinguish who yeah. you're talking about. Well, they set out to determine the most popular nicknames for grandma and grandpa in every state. And the winners are, drumroll please, Nana and Papa. Hmm. Those are the most popular nicknames for grandma and grandpa in all 50 states. Now, out of 50 states, 34 had a majority of people that say they would rather spend time with their grandparents than their parents. (laughs) And about half said, I'm more likely to confide in a grandparent versus a parent. Huh, no and kidding. I've seen that. I've seen that with like a teenager I know whose grandma lived with them. Mm-hmm. She he she told her grandma everything mm. where she might not tell mom and dad as much because there's bigger ramifications yeah. when you tell mom and dad. If you told my mom anything, you might as well just put it through a loudspeaker. <laughs> Especially if you start with, hey, keep this to yourself, but... but. <laughs> I'm not supposed to tell you, but it's kind of perfect timing that we're talking about the most popular names for grandma and grandpa. Mm -hmm. My mom is Grammy. Mm -hmm. Let's just say Grammy was the star of the show. Second to the bride at my niece's (laughs) wedding. I can't wait to tell you about this next. Such ironic timing that we were talking about the most popular nicknames for grandma and grandpa Mm -hmm. because my mom is Grammy Mm -hmm. and uh, my niece just got married, her granddaughter and um, I, like right there on the little like this is what's going to happen for the ceremony. She had a tribute to my dad who passed away in January and Aww. Kaylee always called him popcorn. <laughs> and so it was who we're missing today. My my popcorn mm. and really sweet picture of my dad and Kaylee. But as someone who other than, of course, the bride and groom that kind of stole the show was my mom. I 
think that is going to go down as one of my favorite days in history with my mother. Hmm. Um, she was the sweetest thing. She ended up coming to the rescue after all. They did the like first sight of the bride. You know, Morgan turned around and there was his bride mm-hmm. before the ceremony so that they could get a bunch of photos ahead of time and not keep guests waiting. Well, after all these photos, one of the buttons on Kaylee's dress ripped. And oh, no. my on mom, the, the wedding gown, the wedding gown, this gorgeous gown. I mean, uh, there's I'll be posting more photos. Of course, I'll be uh-huh. blasting you guys with photos. Uh, go to the Kevin and Taylor Insta stories and there's a ton. Um, and my mom's a, a phenomenal seamstress. So we dig around in the bridal ra- room of this venue and my mom sewed the button back on, got it all perfectly wow. fixed. Um, then um, fast forward, we're we're at the reception and they had a, a country music band okay. um, called Whiskey Six. <laughs> and I look over and all of a sudden they had passed out these little like glow in the dark wand thingies, almost like a lightsaber, but it's a glow okay. in the dark thing. I look over. My mom has the worst back ever. So she holds on to a chair and starts dancing. I have never seen my mom <laughs> dance in my whole life. It was the best moment ever. She was the cutest. It kind of looked like the Elaine dance from Seinfeld, but it's still. My mom was dancing. Didn't matter, right? And then they did the big, um, you know, be messy with the cake. Kaylee and Morgan did. Okay. And my mom, she's so sweet. Morgan had icing on his tuxedo. And my mom goes over and she finds a napkin and starts wiping it off. And we have a video of the whole thing and Morgan gives her the biggest hug. And then there's bridegroom, Grammy, big group hug. And she said to me later, she goes, honey, I was worried that I know he's got to get that tux clean, but... I was worried that that icing would get on Kaylee's gown. <laughs> she is just right. the sweetest, most fun woman ever. And I couldn't be happier that I got to witness all that. I'm just um, still all glowy and bubbly after being at my niece's wedding. And um, it just it's such a beautiful love story between her and her now husband, Morgan. And I tell you what, I, I don't know what it was. At one point in the wedding, my husband looked over and he goes, are you okay? Like I just was so weepy because there were so many beautiful moments. It started with mm. seeing the beautiful tribute on the wedding program to my dad, mm-hmm. uh, Kaylee's popcorn. And, um, and then this got me so much. They, she walked down the aisle to this Lauren Daigle song. And my brother-in-law, Don, it's going to make me cry again. My brother-in-law, Don, is such a crier. He sobbed through all three of his daughter's weddings. And so he, like, you get a glimpse of the bride, but there's Don, just like his face is red. And then I look over, and you know how you have that theory that you marry someone like your dad? Mm -hmm. I look over, and at the end of the aisle, right by the pastor, Morgan is a weepy, sobby mess <laughs> with that song playing and his bride walking down the aisle. And I, that was it. I was done. Aww. I went through two tissues in about five minutes and then I had no more because I'd stuck them in my little clutch <laughs> like purse. Glenn's sleeve. Oh, <laughs> I can't believe I'm crying again now just hearing that song, but it just brought me right back to that moment. And it, yeah. it was the most beautiful God honoring ceremony. I mean, they, were, they wrote their vows and they were just gorgeous about their love story and there was one point 
where their relationship almost didn't make it. Hmm. And Morgan pursued Kaylee like with that relentless love that God has shown us. And it was so reflected in the ceremony. It was just absolutely beautiful. And then I started all the waterworks all over again when Kaylee had her first dance with her dad. Like it was just... I was just gone. It was like, forget, <laughs> why did I spend this much time on my eye makeup? <laughs> it was so beautiful. Well, it sounds like it was a beautiful wedding. Yeah, it like was all awesome. Around. So God honoring. Hey, this is your guaranteed to put you in a good mood story of the day. Good I uh, love this proof that you're never too young to become a hero. Austin is only 12 years old and he was hanging out with his behavioral therapist, Jason. They live in Wellington, Florida. And the seventh grader, Noticed he was in trouble. He wasn't responsive in the pool. So he mm. pulled him out of the water and then he knew exactly what to do. He called for help and then started CPR, which he learned to do on TV. I wouldn't be alive if it weren't for him. He's an absolute hero. Jason's mm. mom is absolutely overjoyed. I'm so proud of him. I, he is so brave and I can't even imagine being in that position. It's really cool to see how the student became the teacher and how Austin knew exactly what to do. Don't freak out, don't panic, and try to learn from the situation and try to help the person. I'm so grateful for you, bud. Isn't that amazing? He said he learned how to do CPR on TV, so now Austin's mom and dad are hosting a CPR class this weekend for friends and family. Taylor and I both have gone through CPR classes, and even if you just take it once, I know they say you're supposed to get recertified every year, just have the basics down, because you never know when you you could. I've never needed it, but I do feel better knowing, like, if something happened, I could help. Yeah. Maybe maybe help save somebody's life. Just like Austin. Way to go, kid. The other day, I got to sit near a really sweet family on an airplane, Mm -hmm. and it was such a snapshot of what you parents do for your kids. I can't wait to tell you the story next. So I got to sit next to this really sweet family on the plane the other day. It's so f- wild how airplanes, when it's a 3-3, a family of four can't sit together. So it was seven-year-old dad, two-year-old, and then across the aisle right next to me was mom. Hmm. And it was really sweet. Like as the plane was taking off, the, the one little boy, it was the seven-year-old, was like, Mom, where, where are we going? And she's like, look, look at the little chart on your screen, honey. You can see our airplane and you can see which way do you think we're going to take off? Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because in, uh, in Palm Beach, where I I live in Jupiter, I grew up in Jupiter, in Palm Beach, Florida, you fly, you take off over the ocean. Mm-hmm. And so the little boy starts going, Mommy, we're going the wrong way. <laughs> it was so cute. You have to make a big looping turn. Yeah, back. you got to turn around and come back. And um, so anyway, I was just observing. And then the, the little cart for snacks and drinks came by. And the cart was blocking the view of the rest of the family across the aisle. But I, the flight attendant was like asking mom, like, is it OK if they have cookies and mm-hmm. sun chips? And she's like, yeah, yeah, that'd be fine. And apple juice is fine. Da, da, da. Mm-hmm. So then the cart pulls away. And I hear the mom lean over the aisle and go, wow, a double. And I thought she meant like they got two snacks each. Yeah. And I looked over and it was alcohol. And the dad goes, hey, I'm the one over here with the kids. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was behind the mom when she was getting off the plane with the two year old and she had to unfurl one of those. Are they called umbrella strollers? And where it looks like an umbrella when it's closed and then it, it folds open and she gets the little boy in it. And at one point she goes, honey, honey, you have to keep your feet up 
or else it's going to bend your leg under the stroller. It's going to mm. break. And then we're going to have a terrible vacation. <laughs> mm. And I shared that with a friend and she said, oh, I feel that in my soul. Those <laughs> umbrella strollers are so scary. You just always worry your kids are going to put their feet down and it's going to get stuck underneath the stroller. I'm trying to think. I've got a, a, a dog eared beat up copy of Parenting is Not for Cowards. <laughs> by James Dobson, I, and and I've read it many, many times, and I don't recall the chapter on Order a Double. No. I'm, I'm going to have to look for that one. I don't one. think that's I, in I don't there. think that's in there as solid parenting advice. How do you feel about the principal at your school? Coming up, this principal traded his desk for something else, and it sparked an interesting debate. How do you feel about the principal at your school? Pretty helpful, pretty good. This principal traded a, his desk for a rolling cart, and it has sparked quite the interesting debate. And here's why I did it. Because as a principal, visibility matters. How am I supporting teachers and students if I'm sitting behind a desk all day? I spend my days rolling the hallways, rolling into classrooms, providing teacher customer service. The teachers are the most impactful people in the building, and my job is to support them. He even will offer teachers a much-needed restroom break, because a lot of times, I know my sister's a kindergarten teacher, they'll go all day without even have time to slip away and use the bathroom. He'll, uh, If you need a couple photocopies, he'll do that for teachers. He's just always roaming the hallways, being there for teachers and students, and now... His whole administrative staff is doing the same. Mm. And it's working, too. His teachers stay. They had a 90% teacher retention well, from last year to this year. The, the flip side of that, and I think of like like any job that you're doing, would you really want at any second your boss is just going to roll up behind you? <laughs> you know what I mean? And check on your work. And like the, the yeah. potential for feeling micromanaged is pretty high. I, I think, think the fact that he's always offering to help. Is there mm-hmm. anything I can do to help? Yeah, right. I noticed uh, my last roll through, you've taken 17 bathroom breaks in the last month. Hmm. It sounds like he's <laughs> doing a pretty good job, you know, with that 90% retention rate, yeah. which is way far up compared to the rest of the country. Is it really? Huh. So people are I loving that support. Guess yeah. working. So football season is underway. A lot of wives have already kissed their husbands goodbye <laughs> until until after the Super Bowl and the My NCAA husband was championship. watching the other night. Right, right, right. So uh, something that's kind of become a tradition is Carrie Underwood singing the uh, singing the Sunday night football song. You ever wonder how much she gets paid for that? Let's see. So did she actually write it as well? I don't know if she wrote it or not. Um, I have no idea. I'm going to say. This is just for the performance. Uh, five million a year. She gets a million dollars a week. Eighteen million dollars a season for singing that song. Wow! And you said it's changing, or she's still no, going to lock in. That's what she makes. I wonder how many more years she gets that until I they find know, the next but new young artist. I'd be singing that song as happy as she does if I was making that much money. <laughs> Could you accidentally be annoying your coworkers? If you're using corporate buzzwords, chances are, Uh-oh. yes, you are annoying them. Want to guess what some of the them might be, Kev? Circle back. Yep, that's one of them. Synergy. Uh, I didn't see that one on there. Uh, the ones that we dislike the most, according to a new survey, new normal, a circle back, like you said, give 110%, low-hanging fruit, win-win, move the needle, and think outside the box. Forty <laughs> percent of us say we hear these annoying terms at least once a day. <laughs> Try to do a sentence with all of them in it. Ooh, okay. See if you can do it. Um, See if you can do it. 
You know, I feel like the new normal in this office is we always have to circle back because we really want everyone giving 110%, not mm. just ta- taking the low-hanging fruit, but right. thinking outside the box so it can be and really win-win. moving the needle, and then we get a win-win. Good job. Thanks. Good job. You're promoted to mid-manager. How annoying am I right now to everyone listening? You've passed your middle manager exam. <laughs> You get a better, you get a cubicle with 0.3 more inches of square space than everyone (laughs) else. Right. Coming up, have you ever wondered what's behind what feels like an epidemic of kids with anxiety? Have you ever wondered what's behind what feels like an epidemic of children with anxiety? It starts with young kids, goes into their teen and college years. According to some experts, it may be this. Okay. As a parent, you do whatever you can to keep your kids safe, protect them online, protect them from the tough stuff in the world, right? Experts are saying many kids grew up so overprotected that now they're scared of the world. So Mm. what can a mom or dad do if that's been you, if you've just been overprotecting your kids? Start letting your kids do things on their own. Now, what is overprotection? It's the process of sheltering a child to such an extent that he or she fails to become independent and may experience later adjustment and other difficulties. Hmm. And they say what happens is um, as kids freedom has been going down, their anxiety is shooting up. So think about your own childhood. If you're of a certain age like me, um, you went down the street and visited a friend. You rode your bike around the neighborhood. Um, You were, you know, at a certain age, you babysat. I was a 12 year old babysitting little children on my own. Um, I guess as those freedoms go down, anxiety goes up. And some are calling it the crisis of our time. Well, you think about it, too. Those little freedoms that you got, you had to problem solve, right? So many Mm -hmm. of those situations, you had to figure things out. You couldn't text your mom. On your own. And there are so many kids nowadays that, that I've known who, when they get their driver's license, they don't know how to drive places because they haven't been paying attention, been staring at the phone instead of paying attention. Oh, you turn left here to get to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. They got to learn how to how to drive to places. So yeah, it's it's something. It's definitely an issue. That's for sure. So we're talking about young people and anxiety and the the issue, the problem. It's very very real. And uh, as a dad with with four kids, it's something that I, that I've had to learn a lot about and change my own thinking on it. See if you haven't had to do the same thing, or maybe you're on that journey where. You're like, wow, maybe I need to look at this differently. Let's talk about it next. I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on this, because I've had to go through a bit of a growth curve uh, myself with uh, when talking about our kids and uh, and anxiety. See if you don't see yourself in this. When my kids who are all they're all in their 20s, 20s ish now, um, when they would talk about the anxiety they felt, I would go back to my own default and be like, come on, when. When your mom and I were younger, you know, we had these same challenges and we, we didn't, you know, like curl up into a ball and, and start whining. We just got on with it. You know, mm. we were like, we can do it. Mm-hmm. And I hear a lot of people saying that. I see the posts on social media and, and everything else. And it was a real gift um, during COVID to have my son move back in with us. He pursued his master's degree, but he shared with me very heartfelt about what people his age, recent college graduates are going through. And he's like, Dad, it's really difficult to look at finances and how much houses cost and what they want for a down payment and what the house payment's going to be and realize I may never get there. Mm. I may never be able to do that. And he's like, I do work hard. I work really hard. 
and I'm in my profession and I'm doing the best I can. But it's just probably in the foreseeable future, not going to happen. And he shared about that and about student debt, which is a real issue. Yeah. I don't care which side of the forgiveness argument you come down on, but when you're facing that mountain of debt, and I know the whole thing, well, you know, you took the loan on, okay, fine. But in today's world, you don't have a college degree. You're probably not going to get very far. It's almost like required now. So with all of that stuff on them, it's very, very difficult. Plus, they dealt with growing up 9-11, the banking collapse, and COVID. I don't know about you you and me, but I didn't deal with a global pandemic when yeah. I was a 20-something. I didn't deal with the Twin Towers coming down when I was a 20-something. They've got so many more stresses. And then throw in their, you know, these phones that are in their pockets with social media 24-7. Yep, I was just going to mention that. Because, like, when I see what social media does to my psyche at my age, mm-hmm. I can't imagine growing up with it. Right. Like, you would hear on Monday at school that you didn't get invited to a party. Mm-hmm. Now it unfolds in real time before your eyes that you were not included. You are excluded from right. that group. And they may even like say that, like we have actively excluded so-and-so. Yeah. So what I've learned is you cannot apply what it was like when you were growing up and say, why don't you just you know pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm-hmm. like we did? Because the rules have changed. The playing field is completely different and they're dealing with stuff that we never had to. So I'm wondering, did you have to go through, or maybe I'm saying this, you're like, wow, I never looked at it that way. Would love to hear from you and how you're dealing with trying to help your kids or help yourself with anxiety. Jenna, we're talking about anxiety and young people today. Yeah, I have two kids, um, both teenagers, and we heard you talking about it on the radio, my son and I, and I asked him, do you think that the study is correct? Mm. And he said that the kids are anxiety is high because their parents, you know, hover. And he said, I know if you hover, you know, <laughs> hover, hover parents. There. But um, he think, he says that he thinks the anxiety is not from the parents. It's that schools are so protective out of fear of the parents that they never let kids' problems solve, that they always are controlling everything they do. And mm. he made a good point that kids in some at some ages spend more time at school than they do with their parents. Mm. Wow. Um, yeah. That's insight. That's interesting. That's a really yeah. interesting insight coming from, you know, an 11-year-old who has been in the school system for a while and is, yeah. you know, And And then I remember hearing from my sister when her girls reached like middle school, there was so much pressure for like, you got to get ready for LSAT and SATs. And what are you going to do with your life in college? And, and they're only in like 11, 12, 13 years old. Right. And I I still don't know what I want to do with my life, (laughs) (laughs) much less at like 15 or 16. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thanks for calling you. You have a very sharp uh, young man there. Yes, you do. I think so. You guys have a great day. Hey, have you heard about this mom from Atlanta, Georgia's hack for making school day mornings go more smoothly? Uh, Her name's Luane, and she said last year was rough getting her little six-year-old daughter out the door because her daughter had suddenly become very opinionated about her outfits. (laughs) Uh, They would argue about the clothes, and it made them run late. So her solution 
has been viewed over 7 million times on TikTok. I told myself this year that I'm not arguing with somebody that can't cook about what they're going to wear to school. So I went and got these bins from Target, these stickers from Hobby Lobby. I went ahead to put them on and then put her accessories in this cute little bin and we'll be set for the week. She has a set of plastic drawers labeled Monday through Friday. Uh, and then on Sunday, mom and daughter work together and choose their outfits and put them in the drawers. Hmm. Parents are calling it brilliant and wondering, why didn't I think of that? So they, they have outfits set for the next five days. Five days. On Sundays, wow. they pick every outfit for the whole week. And all her daughter has to do in the morning is open the drawer and everything's there. So they get all the arguing out on Sunday night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so and right. then have peaceful mornings all week That's and not run late. Sailing. Got it. Okay, so you know how our producer Griffin is probably the biggest baseball fan I've ever oh, met in my life. None. He gives my dad a run for the money. I mean, it's crazy what he knows about baseball and how much he loves it. Well, he's given yet another college try at getting his kids to love what he loves. <laughs> I don't know if it went very well or not. We'll find out next. Our producer Griffin jumped in the studio with us. Uh, Taylor was saying, Griff, that um, you're still, still trying to get the kids to love baseball as much as you do. How's it going? I'm trying. Yeah, it's not going well at all. <laughs> at all. No. The other day, someone was kind enough, like at the last minute, to offer us some really nice tickets to a ball game. Yeah. And I told my wife, it was four tickets. And I was like, do you want me to take some friends or should we go as a family? She's like, let's go as a family. It'll be fun. We'll mm-hmm. go. We'll all go together. Awesome. So that's how we spent the, you know, the evening going to the ball game. Yeah. And I kind of gave in and said, all right, the kids can bring their tablets. You know, they, they watch oh, shows. I've seen that at, play at games uh, before. I, I've seen yeah. other kids do it. And I was like, yeah. but you know what? It, it allows me to sit there and enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah. keeps them busy. They're occupied. So I can watch the They're game. They're happy. Right. You, don't you have a policy you do not leave till the end of the game? I've loosened up on that over the years. As a dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> so they brought their tablets and, you know, my wife's there as well. And I look over at one point in the game. My wife's reading a book, and both kids are on their tablets. No! <laughs> and no! here we are. She's reading. Your wife is reading oh, yeah. a book. All three just checked out. I, I have a picture. I love baseball so I can much. show you guys. You see this? Oh, my goodness. Just, yeah. And oh, these, the kids have headphones yeah, on, yeah, even. Yeah, totally checked out. Oh, in these nice seats. my goodness. Okay, and look at how yeah, great yeah, those grip. seats are. I know, grip, 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 uh, the lesson learned here is next time you get tickets... Call me. <laughs> I know. And me. We'll make it a show outing. Right. That'll be so much fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I, I love baseball so much. <laughs> I was telling you earlier on the show that there were a lot of criers at my niece's wedding, mm-hmm. including me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening to me right now? And so I had to look it up. Why in the world would you cry when you're so happy? Yeah. So I'll tell you why it happens in just a minute. So I was having one of those days on my niece's wedding day where I was like, why is everything making me cry? This is such an emotional wedding. This Mm -hmm. is such an emotional day. And it all started first time I like literally almost lost it was when my mom, uh, newly widowed, was sewing my niece's dress because a button had pulled up. The bride, a button had popped off. Mm And she, my mom's so cute. She goes, she needs a discount on that dress. (laughs) Um, And I think part of it was like, there was um, a beautiful song playing in the bridal room Mm -hmm. while my mom was sewing and knowing that I just lost my dad. I was just, I just like, oh, oh no, Mm. the ceremony hasn't even started. I can't even. 
And then when my niece walked down the aisle to this Lauren Daigle song. What have I done to deserve love like this? And I looked over and this little girl that I've known since the day she was born is being walked down by her dad and her dad who boohooed through all three of his daughter's weddings, including this one, was just sobbing. And then I look over, the groom is sobbing, and then I'm sobbing, and I'm like, I can't hold it together, and I only have two <laughs> tissues in my little clutch purse. So I had to look it up. Like, why in the world would you cry when you're, when you're happy? happy right? you're, you're overjoyed. You're thrilled. My sister, Suzanne, the, the mother of the bride, she does not ever cry when she's happy. Uh, my oldest niece never cries when she's happy. Okay. Um, I found out... It's normal. You're not losing it, people. Like, I thought I was losing it. My husband, at one point, I was crying so hard during the sister of the groom's toast Mm -hmm. that he looked over at me and he just went, are you okay? (laughs) Um, So I am not losing my mind. I'm Mm. not, like, hormonal. Here's the deal. You cry when you're happy. It's a normal reaction to feeling overwhelming joy. Mm. It's Happy crying can be a way of releasing Um, stress, expressing gratitude, and expressing appreciation for the people in your life. And I've also read that your brain is so overjoyed that it's got to restore balance and it overcompensates to restore that normal (laughs) state. And then the cry, the tears come. So, uh, hey, people who cry like me when you're happy, we're not insane. I'm very glad to know if that. If you're today. happy and you know it, shed a tear. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about your you crying at weddings, how you were crying. And the thing that I find most interesting is the father of the bride crying because I have three daughters. Um, and I'm sure when my son uh, gets married, I'm, I'm going to be pretty emotional. Mm-hmm. Oh, you but will. Something about daddies and daughters. Yeah. When, when they when they tie the knot, which, by the way, according to their mom, can't be fast enough because she is pining for grandchildren. <laughs> oh, my gosh. If I hear about grandkids one more time. Anyhow, I am sure I'm going to be a weepy mess, probably even more than Trace. I mean, I just that when I see them walking down the aisle oh, or yeah. whatever they choose for their ceremony, uh, being, you know, being a part of it is just going to be. Yeah. Wow. Get ready. You better have some tissues in your tuxedo pocket because, yeah. It's, well, assuming there's going to be tuxedos involved, it could be uh, you know, kids nowadays could be uh, shorts and flip flops. <laughs> you never know. Beach wedding. Yeah, right. You never know where, where how they're going to. Hey, my other niece, the the sister of the one who had the fancy wedding mm-hmm. over the weekend, got married in the backyard of the house yeah. she and her fiance bought together. Flip flops in the beach sounds a lot less expensive. <laughs> backyard is really affordable, too. Yeah.